Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth. And if you're listening live on the day this episode airs, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. If you're listening to the replay, then you can still be a part of what I'm about to talk about. But Team Ruthless hosts a virtual get together on any and every holiday. So that means today, some people are alone on the holidays and enjoy having something to look forward to with people in a non-judgmental environment. And others are out and about doing things and enjoy having a place to come back to decompress and unwind and be around people they're most comfortable with. So again, that's happening today and every holiday, any and every holiday, we have a virtual live, virtual live, a virtual interactive get together on Zoom. We also have a weekly support call every Wednesday. So if you are listening to a replay, please still check the the show notes uh, or any of my social media to be up to date on what is going on currently. There's at least one call every week. There's an additional call every holiday because no one should struggle alone, whatever that looks like for you. I want to take a moment to talk about another tragedy that happened over this weekend. If you're not familiar and haven't heard, Georgia won the college national football championship. And after celebrating and getting the trophy, they returned home to Georgia and had a parade on Saturday. And hours later, I'm talking hours, not days, there was a horrible car accident involving um, two players, one of their girlfriends, and a staff member on the football team. The staff member, Chandler LaCroix, and the offensive lineman, Devin Willock, both passed away. The other player is in stable condition, and his girlfriend is in the ICU. And I just am bringing this up one, because things can go that quickly from being on top of the world to dealing with life and death. The team is now dealing with tragedy. Uh, I'm also bringing this up because the University of Georgia Athletic Association made a statement that I'm impressed by. They not only acknowledged working with the medical team, but they acknowledged working with mental health personnel to make sure that they provide the best support possible for the staff, student athletes, and students who all become affected when something happens, even if you don't know the people. If you're a student at that college, that affects you. Tragedy is is not immune to any of us, and so I just want to acknowledge that University of Georgia is handling this well, and if you are in need of support, It's available. You can always call 988, but I am happy to be able to say that there's support available on campus. And again, 
uh, different. People are affected in different ways. There is absolutely no right or wrong way. If you need support, reach out. If you want to be anonymous, you can reach out to a stranger to 988. It's still trained professionals in the mental health field. So you can get the support that you need. If you're comfortable reaching out in your area, if you are in Georgia, or if you're across the country, for that matter, uh, all agencies have different forms of support groups. But in this day and age, you can find them online as well. So reach out if you have any questions. I just wanted to point out um, University of Georgia and how they're handling it. Not everyone acknowledges the mental health and the well-being when things like this happen. And so that's really important to me. I also want to talk about another event that happened in Colorado, actually. And of course, again, all of my thoughts and prayers are with University of Georgia, the athletes, those that were affected, the, the player who is still in the hospital and his girlfriend, as well as everyone who is just impacted by this. I want to move on to something that happened in Castle Rock, Colorado, part of the Douglas County Schools. I'm bringing this up because I have been vocal from the moment I moved here about how different mental health is in the Midwest compared to here. And I hear it from people in the Midwest who have moved here in all different professions, nursing, mental health. It is different here. It is talked about differently. It is handled differently. And because I had a history of working with the Livonia schools for much of my career in Michigan, when I moved here, I immediately started going to the Denver schools in the exact same way I did in Michigan to introduce myself, to connect, to offer any type of volunteer support or services during times of crisis. And the response, it wasn't only drastically differently, it was pretty appalling. It, you know, you, you, in this day and age with all of the things that we deal with, whether it's school shootings, losing a, a, a family member, a teacher, loss in general, drugs and overdose, death by suicide, you name it, kids are struggling everywhere. And rather than accepting support, Colorado has its own way of doing things. And that is to make you get certified in this, that, and the other thing before you can provide any help. And many of us are already certified. It's got something to do with the government and how it's run here. And I'm not in politics to change it, but I do my part by voicing my opinion and writing to people who I think have input and impact. And so I just wanna share this story because unfortunately, seriously, I am not surprised. I am appalled, but I am not surprised. So this is for parents, teachers, even students who need support, know things are not working, you see something that isn't being handled correctly, you, you want to do something and you just don't know what to do, what to say, how to handle it. This is for you. At, uh, let me find the name. Christine Nickel is a mother her eight-year-old son has been coming home for weeks talking about being in the quiet room. 
And there was some sort of conferences, parent-teacher conferences, an event at the school, something where she was, she pointed to the door and asked her son, what's that? And he responded, that's the torture room. She said, do you mean the quiet room? Because he had been coming home for weeks saying he was sent to the quiet room as a tool to calm down, as a punishment, as a way for teachers to remove him so that they could focus on the rest of the class because they are not trained and they didn't have the skills or support. So this has been utilized, but no, he corrected her. It is the torture room. Until this moment, she had absolutely no idea what he was experiencing on a regular basis, multiple times a week. And it's appalling. After looking um, and, and investigating, we can report factually that this is a five by five space. It is a door that opens into a five by five space with no windows and all it had was two pillows on the ground. No toys, no books, no stress balls to squeeze, nothing to do in this dark room that not only this student, this is a tool for teachers to use in this classroom for kids with social, emotional, and behavioral issues. So other parents might not know and need to know that this is happening. The Colorado Department of Education has declared that the district denied this student his rights to a free and appropriate education and violated multiple tenets of the Indiv Individuals with Disabilities Education Act and the Protection of Persons from Restraint Act. This student was physically restrained. When you work with children, when you work with emotionally impaired children, you're required to have this training. I have worked with extremely difficult, high level on the spectrum children, and I've never had to use this technique. I know others who have been in the field for decades who have never had to use this technique. It is a last resort. So I am bringing this up because it is clear to me that Colorado schools do not have the mental, mental health support that they need. And parents might not be aware of this. So I want you, you have the most power. This is your school, your children go there. You can speak to the president, to the board, to the superintendent. You can ask for help if it's not being provided. It is your right. There are laws and acts whether it is anxiety, whether it is a learning disability, whether it is someone on the autistic spectrum, I do not care. We are all human beings and we deserve not only to be treated fairly, but to get an education fairly. And so if you have a child coming home saying things like this to you, first and foremost, you should be a part of the discussion. In the Midwest, I attended these meetings with my clients and their parents, to have a voice, to give the students a voice, to let teachers and schools know what will help 
And let me tell you something, it's not the same for each student. We can't have one blanket method and expect it to work for boys and girls of all ages dealing with all different things. You are entitled a meeting with your student's teacher, counselor, someone from the special ed department with your own advocate, whether that is a therapist, a counselor, but somebody there solely on your behalf, representing you and your student, not the school. Because let me tell you, I care about the Americans with Disabilities Act. I care about your rights. And there are services that are available to you, but they're not offered unless you ask. And this happens in the best of schools, in the schools where there is the most support and the most trained staff available. So in areas where there is less support, these things might not be discussed as options. We don't see commercials that if you have anxiety, there are services available for you. And the teachers and the counselors depending on what counselors your school provides, might not be trained in that. I was fortunate to work with school districts that always had mental health professionals in the schools, but they knew that they were pulled in 30 directions. So they brought me in as well. And they brought in other specialists to deal with what goes on. Drugs, death by suicide, all of the things, depression, bullying, you name it. There are schools that do not have these people on staff and they don't call us in. If your child is coming home talking about a quiet room or being sent out of the room or having any type of discipline that sounds a little bit more than the average student experiences, get involved. The teacher should be contacting you. You should be aware of what is happening on a daily basis. You shouldn't be finding out when you visit and see this room. These meetings are not held often enough, but if you ask for them, you get them. And like I said, I highly recommend having someone there solely on your behalf for your son, daughter, as a mental health advocate. I have been able to get students what I call an anytime pass. My clients with anxiety can't always raise their hand and say, Mrs. Smith, can I please be excused in an appropriate manner? They also don't want to disrupt the class and do anything that will get them in trouble. So they suffer in silence much of the time and reach out in between classes or at lunch in a heightened state of anxiety until we put something like this in place, which is a simple pass that they hold up and we alert the teacher that if Joe raises up a neon yellow piece of paper and gets up to leave the room, don't make a scene, don't disrupt the class keep doing what you're doing he's letting you know he's not okay and he's taking advantage of his past to go see his counselor to go call his counselor to go call his parent whatever the plan is but we don't tell you that that's available at orientation when you go meet your teachers when you meet your kids teachers your teachers might not even know this is available and like i said and i need to repeat 
it is different for each and every student. What works for one might not work at all for someone else. So to have a blanket rule and say, if you are experiencing this, do this, it just might not work. It sounds great in theory, but we are talking about people who are struggling with things that we can't see. And if we can take the decisions and the stress off of their plates and create simple ways for them to get the support they need, that is our job. That is my job. And I want as many of you to know that it exists. And if your school doesn't have someone, I am happy to get on the phone and be that voice for you. I wish all schools had trained professionals. And like I said, in Michigan, even the schools I worked with that had the best trained staff who I am still in touch with to this day, they were busy. They were pulled in a lot of different directions. They had busy caseloads. They had clients who needed them. And they knew that they needed more support in order to give the students what they needed. And so they called me in. And together, we were able to brainstorm ways to create more support. That is our job, not yours. But if your district isn't doing it, if you live somewhere that just doesn't even address mental health, like Colorado, and, and again, I'm thrilled, Northern Colorado, if you're listening, to be here and to be a part of an area that is moving forward and part of the change and part of stepping forward and doing things differently. But we're still on the we're behind compared to so many other places and states we're leading the pack in Colorado but there's work to be done everywhere and to the schools who I am shouting out to who do the best jobs in my opinion they also would say we need more staff we need more help because people deal with problems every day and our young adults and our children are dealing with these things. They're watching this crazy world we live in. And it is our job to provide these supports. I understand that we do need to be trained in physical restraint, but it could be overutilized in your areas. It is a last resort. There are so many techniques that can be turned to first. And I know there are children out there that really act out and teachers and support staff need to do what needs to be done. I understand that. I also understand that there might be things you could do that you haven't learned. And I don't have time to teach them on this show, but I would be happy to come in to your school. Reach out to me. Start letting your child's teacher know that you need more. Reach out to the principal. Reach out to the superintendent. The PTA. These people have power. They have more power than one person. They're already meeting to discuss things and we can get something on their agenda quicker than we can bring a new team together. Does your district have a youth task force? If so, contact these people. They are already working to create support and solutions. If not, again, this is what your school is missing and needs desperately. If your child is coming home saying things that make you uncomfortable, get involved. I never question a parent's gut instinct. 
I do not care if I am rocking the boat and it turns out to be absolutely nothing, I would much rather be safe than sorry. And if the support is in place, great. Then we just have more communication. You should not be finding out from your child at conferences or even in after-school conversations. You should be connected with the teacher and with the plan. There should be absolutely no plan set up about your child that you haven't agreed to. And if it's overwhelming, that's why I said multiple times, have an advocate, have someone there that is not part of the school staff that is there solely to represent you and your child and your rights and your needs. There's so much that can be done, but schools have hundreds of students and the majority might not need these services, so they're not advertised. But I'll tell you what, there are more than we know that do need these services. There are people who need extra time for tests. We can see a change in, an, in a score with somebody who is repeatedly struggling and, and not performing well to an accurate reflection of their independent in, intelligence when we remove the time factor. They don't tell us these things. If you have students who are stressing about the SATs and ACTs and preparing for college, do they have rights? There are options, but we don't advertise this because the majority of students fit into the mold. And even if they don't, they can adjust. There are those of us that can't adjust that easily and need more support. And there's nothing wrong with that. And this support, by the way, can continue into college. If you already have it in place, we can just transition and set that up so that there is not a crisis. There's not a, oh my God, I failed this test. Now what do we do? There's a, oh my God, there is a time test. Let me remind my counselor that I've struggled with this and I have a support plan in place. If you don't have this in place, but you need it, it can still be done. And unfortunately, schools and universities respond to professionals like myself more than they do to parents. And that's not right. Society has it wrong. I was reading Marilyn Monroe quotes earlier, and there was one that talked about uh, you know, if you think you're overweight or if you are unhappy with your body because you're not a size zero, you aren't the one that's got it wrong. Society's the one that does. And I say it all the time in my own way. We don't have it backwards. The world has it backwards. There is nothing wrong with knowing that you need a little help in this area and that area. Life is a lot smoother when we focus on the things we can ourselves and we enlist support in the areas we need it. That is knowing our limitations and that is a strength. And so if this is you or your child or your best friend or your cousin, please reach out. Please do not suffer in silence and struggle thinking that it's just the way it has to be. I am using so many different examples. This example that I started with in Colorado Springs is extreme. 
but the bottom line still applies to everyone that there is support available and you should be a part of it. No decisions are made about your child without your consent as well as theirs. By the way, these meetings that I go to are with the student. We don't all sit down as adults and make decisions on their behalf. How well do you think that goes? Compare that to if they're a part of the conversation and if they agree to the plan. They are much more invested when they have a voice. These are your rights. And if you are not aware of them, please reach out anytime to me, to your student's counselor, to the principal, to someone. You should be involved from the get-go. Catching up after the fact about your own child is not okay. Decisions made about how to handle acting out behavior for your child without your input or theirs, it's not okay. One plan does not work for all. One size does not fit all. I have anxiety and I have clients with anxiety. And what works for one just as easily does not work for someone else. We have to find what works for each one of us. And then success comes so much more simply, so much more quickly. Thank you for bearing with me as I bounced around talking about so many different, I don't like the word disabilities, impairments, ailments, weaknesses. These weaknesses become our biggest superpowers when we learn how to use them to our advantage and how to become aware of them and take control. And if that means raising your hand with a neon yellow piece of paper and being able to leave and go to your counselor's office, then that's what it means. And if it means having extra time for an exam, if it means having support, in school, leaving class and going to talk with your counselor a couple times a week, whatever it looks like, it is available. It is not advertised. So thank you for bearing with me as I jump around. I just want to make sure that everyone listening understands that this is available for you if it relates. If you have a medical issue and you miss a lot of school because of true medical issues, but come back and struggle because the teachers expect your work returned in X number of days and you have this many classes telling you that, there are supports that we can make so that you get the grades you are capable of and that you don't suffer more because the system is set up a certain way. Please reach out if this sounds like you or someone you know. Thank you again, for being a part of this community. Again, join us later this evening for the Team Ruthless virtual holiday get-together if you're listening live or for the weekly support group call on Wednesday. And if you're listening to the replay, we have that call every Wednesday and there's a virtual get-together for every holiday. So check the Team Ruthless link in the show notes to get the most up-to-date information or check any of my social media. Thank you again. And until next time, always be ruthless.
Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week. Thank you.